Two weeks ago, I had the privilege of celebrating 20 years of marriage to my wife, Yvette. For 20 years, she's put up with me, which is a pretty monumental uh, feat. Uh, You'll see a photo of our wedding day uh, come up. And as you can see from this photo, that over uh, the last 20 years, that Yvette has aged incredibly well. And when it comes to myself, well, I'm just happy it's till death do us part. That's all I have to say about that. But but 20 years ago, when we were this young couple getting married and looking to our future, we had no idea that over the next 20 years, that the different events that were to take place through our life were going to take place. We had no idea about our four beautiful children. We had no idea that that I was going to be called into ministry and that would require us to move to different states. We had no idea. And as we reflected over the past 20 years and we started to look to the future, just two weeks ago, we realized that we don't know what the next 20 years of our married life is going to look like. Actually, none of us know what the future holds for us. And the thing that's interesting for each and every one of us While we live in this moment, the rest of our life is in the future. Our life is not in the past. The rest of our life is in the future. And we know now more than ever that we can't control the future. You simply do not know what will happen. And right now you're sitting there on your couch just thinking, this is just the message I need. Like, I'm just so uplifted right now. (laughs) Thinking, oh, Tim, can I have some hope? Can can I have a positive message? It's it's true. We don't know the future. We don't know what's going to happen. The good news is, is that while we don't know what's going to happen, God does. And today, we're going to look in God's Word to see how we can align our lives with a God who knows the future, who has a plan for us. And today, as we conclude our series of the God of the past, present, and future, we're going to dive into Scripture to see how we can align our lives so that the unpredictable nature of the future will be predictable in that we can align with a God who knows where we're going. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, this morning as we open up Scripture, would you reveal to us some of the biblical truths that we can hang on to as we move forward, as we move forward with hope, as we move forward with anticipation, and we move forward with confidence and a sense of joy. Lord, may we find you in your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. In Hebrews Chapter, 14, chapter 4 and verse 13, it says that nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him whom we must give an account. Nothing in all creation is hidden. Everything is uncovered. It's interesting when we start thinking about time and and understanding time a little bit, how it fits and how God works in it and how we understand it. And often it has everything to do with our perspective. And we have a human perspective on things. And now, 
probably more than we ever have in history, have been able to get different perspectives because of the modern technology that we have on simple things just like the world around us. I remember when drone technology first became commercially available for, for average people. Uh, drones are those helicopters with cameras attached to them. I remember playing with a drone with some of my friends and, and we were uh, filming a car. And I remember you could get the, the normal view of a car, you know, looking out the window or a view that you might see on TV as a car goes past. But this new technology meant that all of a sudden the, the perspectives that we were used to was changed and all of a sudden you could get this elevated perspective. And all of a sudden, not only could you see where you were, but you could see where you'd come from if it was a shorter trip and where you were going. And at any point in that trip, because of the technology, you could zoom in on those locations. Where you came from, you could zoom in with the, the, the drone or where you were going or where you are and you could track and, and you could fast forward. And, and God's a little bit like that when it comes to time. He's, he lives outside of time. He created time and he can see the beginning. He sees the end. He actually knows your entire story. He knows your entire story. Got to find my notes. I'm missing a verse. We see in Psalm 139, verse 16, that before you were born, God knew your story. It, it says that 139 verse 16, your eyes have seen my unformed body in the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Before you were born, God knew your story. He knew the days of your story were written in the book. He knew the decisions you were going to make. He knew the pressures that you were going to be feeling. He knew the, the, the times when you were going to succeed, the times that you were going to fail, the times you are going to turn to him, the times you are going to turn to self. He knew those things that were written in your book before you were even born. God lives outside of time. We also know that, that God, in his plans for you, has a good plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have to you, for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And you may be sitting there going, well, hang on, my book doesn't look so good. My, my book, these, where are these plans? Some of the things that have happened in my life, some of the decisions that, that have been a part of my, my world have affected me in a negative way. Or maybe why, why am I not experiencing this hope in a future right now? Well, firstly, we know that God never said it was going to be easy. The time that in Jeremiah when this was written, his people were slaves. They were in captivity. Why? They'd chosen not to follow God. They had made decisions. I know that's not the case for some of us. We are, as children, as we grow up, sometimes the decisions of those around us, others have not chosen to follow God, and we have been on the receiving end of the consequences of that. But we all have a decision to make right now. Deuteronomy 30, chapter 19, speaks into it and says, This day I call on the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Deuteronomy, as they're about to lend themselves and their people to, to obedience to God, to step into the promised land that God has said, Go and do this. 
Don't forget that I am with you. If you follow me, remember the blessings and the curses. Remember, if you follow me, I will bless you. If you choose me, I will lead you. If you depend on me, I am with you. Or you can go your own way. Sadly, they go their own way. And what do they choose? Death. Forty years in the wilderness. They they, they choose not to live under God's blessing because they made a choice not to follow God's lead. We all have a choice. Life or death, blessing or curse. Are we going to choose to align our lives with God's will or are we going to choose our own way? We know that God's will leads to life. Where our own way, well, it's a life without God and it's not going to end well, which begs the question, how do we follow God's will for the future? How do we do this? How do we align our lives with God? Well, firstly, we have some scriptures that that help us in that. Matthew 28 verse 20 says, And teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. And what we see in Matthew is a promise that surely I am with you to the end of the age. I want that. I want to make sure that where I go in the future, the decisions that I make are the decisions that align my life with, with Jesus Christ's decisions so that, uh, that I'm with him and he's with me. And in that passage, we see, see that there's a little bit more to it that teach them to obey everything that I've commanded. And I love the idea of, of teaching And Jesus is speaking to his disciples, his followers, and in that they are learning. And we are all lifelong learners. We don't know it all. I'm learning all the time. And I love this idea of going, God, I need to just sit under your teaching. But also there's an obligation to use that information that you've given me to teach others. And by doing that, surely Jesus is with us to the end of the age. But we need to know what has Jesus taught us? And what happens at the end of the age? Well, we know the future, the ultimate future, is an eternity with our Creator, with God. Which from the very beginning of the Bible, God of past, present, and future, when he created the Bible, when he created creation, all of us, and and we read in the Bible in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 that there was a a fall when sin entered the world and, and destroyed our relationship, our ability to stand in front of a holy God face to face. Yet through Jesus Christ, that was restored. And so our future at the end of the age is to be restored back to God. How do we do that? How do we teach that? How do we understand that? Well, Jesus answered. The way to do that is this. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. Teach them to obey, that if we want the way, the truth, and the life, we need to teach people about who Jesus is, the person of Jesus, that the spirit of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the lifestyle of Jesus, the sacrificial way that Jesus gave, that the relationship that Jesus had with the Father. We need to teach and live and breathe who Jesus is in order to be able to understand who the Father is. We read in Scripture that Jesus came to earth. It's been proven 
time and time again throughout history that, that he, he lived and breathed and walked amongst us. But he died and then he rose again. And when he rose again, he revealed himself, not just to the disciples, but to, to over 500 people, just proving that he was risen from the dead and proved himself time and time again that, that it was him. But then he ascended and went to heaven. And, and then he said that, that I'm coming back again. He sent his Holy Spirit that lives in us and, and within us and dwells amongst us. And, and then he said that I'm coming back again. Revelation 22 verse 20 says that, that he who testifies these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Come again, Lord Jesus. Say, I am coming again to gather the believers to be with me. Now, I know some people are looking at that at the moment going, Surely these are close to those times. Surely these are the end times. With the, the current state of the world, with the virus, surely this is, that, that day is approaching. But in Matthew 24, verse 36, it says, But the day and the hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Just to recap, we worship a God that is outside of time, who knows the plans he has for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. But you have a choice to choose those plans or choose your own. We know that Jesus loves you and is for you, and if we follow him, we align our lives with the plans that have been written in the book before you were born. That's what God wants for us. They're good plans that will eventually lead us back to a place where we're face-to-face with our loving Father in heaven for all eternity, pain-free, guilt-free, forgiven in his glory. We know that Jesus is coming back, but we don't know when. We know that we're meant to teach what Jesus taught because he'll be with us. Which brings us to a couple of challenges. The first challenge is that we should live each day as if Jesus was returning. If we want to align our lives with the book that is written for us, then we need to live each and every day as if this is the day that Jesus returns. In that moment when you're having that conversation with someone, is if Jesus showed up, would he be pleased? If you're, you're sitting with a decision to do something or purchase something or, or make a life decision or, or do, do you think if Jesus showed up in that moment that he would be pleased? When you're feeling the, the pressure of a situation, it could be family, it could be work, it could be life, it could be faith, and the way that you react in that moment and the way that maybe you're talking to somebody else about that, if Jesus showed up in that moment, Would he say the words, well done and good and faithful servant, or would you be ashamed? If we live each day as if Jesus was returning, we live in a way that's that's deeply seeking to follow the path that God has for us. But the only way that we can live each day as if Jesus is returning is by giving each day to God in prayer. Live and give. Give each day to God in prayer. God, what do you have in store for me this day? God, I want to I have plans and things that I need to do, but I give them to you and I ask that you would lead me 
today in the, the things that you want me to do. God, if there is something that, that I, I am not aware of, that you want me to do a conversation, an action, an addiction that I need to let go of, God, would you reveal that to me? If your heart is true before God so much that you would give him that, that you'd be obedient to that, a loving Father in heaven, or a merciful son that wants to come back would look in your eyes and see your heart, your heart for him in whatever state, whatever shape it is, whatever hurt it's carrying, whatever part of your spiritual journey you're on, he'd be able to look you in your eyes and say, well done. This is the plan to be on the journey of being who God's called you to be. I was heading towards the end of my teenage years. And I'd been a Christian for most of my life. Grew up in a great Christian home. And as you do in your teenage years, was discovering that women are attractive. And I liked women. And a new girl came to town who wasn't a Christian. And I started to date her. We'd been dating for a series of months. And I was really attracted to her and I really, really liked her. But as I said, I grew up in the church. I'm a Christian. And I went to a Christian camp where I was a leader on the camp. And something that happened that, that I've seen happen a handful of times, but, but it's, it's just so radical because you can't plan for it and, and you can't understand it and you don't know why, but God showed up on this camp. And there was a day on the camp where the, the, the team had organized for the speaker to say and the music and everything to, to, to give an appeal to say, hey, if you want to align your life with someone who has plans for you, has hopes for you, has dreams for you, to give you purpose and understanding and meaning in life, then I invite you to start a journey of a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you've been on that journey, but you've drifted away. And if you've drifted away, that's okay because this is a merciful, grace-filled God that, that has done everything possible to help you to return back to that relationship. And, and the appeal went out, if you want to embrace this gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, come onto the stage. And in that moment, the, the, the leaders were sitting in the, in the seats with the rest of the campers and all of a sudden, the entire group stood up and walked onto the stage. Every single camper. I remember sitting there with a couple of other leaders. We didn't get up. I think we were just in shock. Eventually, we, we got on stage, but we're just looking at each other going, what is going on? God has shown up, and every single life was touched that night. If Jesus came back that night, well done, good and faithful servant. Wow, that's an easy one. Wow. Of course we gave the, the, the day to God in prayer. We're, we're on a camp. We're on this mountaintop experience. It's awesome. But as so often happens, life can hit you pretty hard. Came back from that camp on fire. Like I felt like I was radiating, like Moses coming down with the stone tablets from the mountain. I felt like just glowing with this experience of encountering God and, and seeing lives transformed through the Holy Spirit. And I started 
to, to try and share this because it had been a week or so that I hadn't seen my girlfriend. So I started trying to share what this experience had meant to me and, and how it had just radically changed me and I'd encountered God. And that night it was so evident that this, this girl who I deeply cared for didn't understand what I was talking about. I'd taken her to church. I talked about God, I prayed with her, I tried to lead her to a point where she could make a decision to follow Christ. It's her choice. But that night as I just tried to share with everything I had who my number one love was in life, being Jesus Christ, there was just nothing. There was a wall, there was a void. And so that night I made a decision and I broke her heart. And I broke mine because I chose God. And I remember our house was a square house. There were six of us in the house. And in the middle of the house was a bathroom. And I'm not the brightest spark because I thought if you had the shower running, no one could hear you cry. And I cry like a whale. When I cry and it's a deep cry, there's, there's nothing. Most people would think that, you know, in a hard-walled room, such as a bathroom, acoustics are generally fairly good. So I'm wailing. Every family member, one at a time, knocked on the door. Are you okay? And, And what was taking place within my relationship with my first love was a deep, foundational prayer from, from what was just the deepest depths of my heart as a teenager. And in that prayer, I prayed two things. The first one was, God, I do not deserve this. This is my choice. I own the decisions that I have made. But if you could find it in yourself, could you take some of the pain away from her? Because I broke her heart. She didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. And that's on me. And the second prayer was, God... I really don't deserve this. Could you take away some of my pain as well? I didn't sleep well that night. Remember, I, I dived into to work to try and fill the, the thoughts and the, the pain that were in my, in my head and my heart. Every time I passed the house down the street, it just opened up the wound again. And then about two days later, uh, a letter arrived in the mail inviting me to somebody's birthday party. As we know, like letters in the mail take a while, you know, about a week um, to send. Uh, a few months later, I went to that birthday party. A few months after that, I went and visited that girl again. Within a few months after that, we started realizing this is a bit more than just a nice person. And about six months after that, we started dating. God placed on a vet's heart to write an invitation to a birthday party like a week before I ripped out this girl's heart. A week before I was faced with the decision to choose God or not. 
I didn't deserve what I got. I own my decisions. But in that moment, I had to choose the, the, the way where everything within my human flesh said, this is a great girl, let's do this. But God had a different plan. It is not an easy path. That was a hard decision. As a teenager, that was a life-changing decision. I had to live with the consequences of that. The, the friends, the way that people judged me, the people that, that didn't understand, why would you let her go? Like, seriously, what? Huh? Because of God? What? What is that? I had to live with that, and I'm okay with it. Because my God had a great plan for me, a better plan than I ever could have imagined. I just had to be obedient, as hard as that was. And before I even made the decision, God's plan that was written before me had the invitation sent. The blessing, the plans for hope and a future were sent before I was even faced with the decision. And hindsight is a beautiful theme because 20 years of marriage later, I look back and go, wow, never in a million years could I have dreamt that it would have been so good. Don't get me wrong, Yvette and I are human. There's times when you know, I've been wrong. Two times. But there's been ups and downs in life. But I know that God's in this one. God's in it. Choosing God's path is not easy, but it's a better path. Choosing God's path means there's going to be decisions that are going to go against everything that makes logical sense. But it's the best path. It's a path that will lead to a better future. It's a path that will lead to a way that he has in store for you. And ultimately, it's a path that will lead you back to the God, the Creator Himself. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Declares. It's a declaration. It's not a throwaway line. It's a promise. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Even in captivity, I want to give you hope and a future. Even in the coronavirus, I want to give you hope and a future. If you choose me, don't choose this. Choose me. Don't choose fear. Choose hope. Don't choose the, the anxiety, but choose what God has for you. In the future, you could choose to be fearful. You could choose to be anxious. You could choose to be in despair. Or you could choose to give those things to God and say, God, I am yours. Lead me. Each day I'm going to get on my knees and pray, God, this is your day. What do you have in store for me? And by doing that, you can live each day as if Jesus is coming back. Live and give this week and next week and the week after and the week after. And see what God will do in and through your life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have written our lives out in a book that before we were born, you had a plan for us. And no matter what has happened in our past, what influences have, have shaped us to be where we are right now, we want to give you permission to lead us, to guide us, to direct us, so that we can live each day as if your son was returning.
so that we wouldn't miss opportunities to show love to others, so that we could have a life and a life to the full, full of the things that come from you. Lord, this day, we give it to you in prayer so that we may live a life that shows that you are in us and that would make you proud. In Jesus' name, amen.